Welcome to the Topeka First podcast. We are one church with several locations. Our mission is to reach our community with the message of Jesus. If you would like to give to support this podcast and the ministries of our church, please visit topekafirst.com giving. Enjoy the podcast. Well, this morning, we're going to pull out the Word of God, and we're going to look in, uh, to, back into the book of Genesis. And, uh, and we're, here, we're going to be in Genesis chapter 1, <clears throat> still working on our, our series. We're in day four now of creation series. Uh, last week, of course, Pastor Hannah spoke to us and, and uh, shared about God's order in our lives. And, uh, and so I know that we've had some really good comments about how uh, some people are working on reordering, rescheduling some things in their lives from that time that she spoke. And the rhythms that God has created are important for us as we follow Him. And today, here on day four, uh, we find the formation of the seasons, and then we'll go back a little bit to the power of the seed back in, uh, back in uh, day three as well. Uh, but uh, the seasons are those dependable, repeatable processes of life. They tem- tend to be somewhat predictable, and the patterns in our lives. And, and I say the word somewhat predictable because look at today, for goodness sake, it's supposed to be like 60 some degrees and it is winter time. We're in the dead of winter. Uh, and so, uh, you know, that happens. And in fact, what, when I was working on this in last week, um, I was in my office and I pulled out my calendar. I was like, what, what year was that? What was it? 2018, I pulled out my 2018 calendar, and as I looked on that calendar, I looked in to see what snow day we had uh, in the latter part of the fall, and I looked and I found that it was November 25th, 2018, and I have it marked in bright marker, and it says service is canceled because of snow. So we weren't, it was November 25th, and we had to cancel services. And uh, that was just unbelievable. And then I have marked on the next day, on the Monday, the 26th, that we, we were closed in the morning in the office because it was snowy. We couldn't get in. And so later we were able to. But, but winter weather is somewhat predictable. But there are some variations, right? But God does give us these seasons. And even though there may be some variations, they still are those seasons, and they repeat every year, even within small differences. But we too, as individuals, and even as churches, have our seasons, have seasons in our lives. And we can have the winter times when it's cold and, and a little gray, and then there's spring when everything comes alive. And uh, so we can have any of those different types of seasons. And every season is important. Every season has its specific purpose in our lives. Let's look at Genesis chapter 1 verse 14. Should be on the screen for you. It says this, and God said, "Let there be lights in the vault of the sky to separate the day from the night, and let them serve as signs to mark sacred times or as the New Living Translation says, the seasons and days and years, and let them be lights in the vault of the uh, vault of the sky to give light on the earth." And it was so. God made two great lights, the greater light to govern the day, the lesser uh, light to uh, govern the night. He also made the stars. 
God set them in the vault of the sky to give light on the earth, to govern the day and the night, and to separate light from darkness. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the fourth day. And he tends to say that after each day. We find here uh, Moses' description, and that is unashamedly focused on the earth as the main emphasis. That's just what his focus is. This is the revelation of God to man, to his people. And it's all about the perspective of who the listeners are. And maybe if this revelation was meant to speak to angels, uh, the focus may have taken on a little bit different perspective. Because some would say, well, why is he focused so much on the earth if it's really creation? Well, the fact is, it's who he's talking to. It's who, who, what he's revealing here. And so, but God, God wasn't revealing creation to angels. He was re- revealing creation to mankind. And since Moses is focused on creation from the viewpoint of the earth, we, can, we seem to find the appearance of the sun, the moon, and the stars laid on the scene. Now, uh, there we see some other things where he said that there was evening and there was morning. He says that early on as well. Uh, but um, Moses isn't speaking from the viewpoint of the whole universe in scientific terms either. I mean, we have to talk about those things. I think that's important for us to look at. That's just not his purpose. And could he? Yeah, the Lord could have revealed that from that fashion if he needed to. Moses isn't speaking that way. But the view he expresses here uh, brings verse 14 into a simple relationship with verse 4. By considering the sun as the divider of the day from night in each verse. And it may have just simply been just that he veiled that thing. So in the, in the first day or so, he covered it up in verse 4, and now it's visible in verse 14. I don't know. I'm not too worried about that. But in, in verse 4, Moses said, And God saw that the light was good. Then he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness night. So he says that in verses 4 and 5 there. Uh, but there again, here again is the main interest of Moses. God, is, uh, God and his people seem to be, a, there seems to be this focus of the spiritual or a theological point. It seems to be creation 101. It's like, you know, if you come in and he says, okay, here's, here's class 101, creation. This is, what I, this is what I'm helping you with. And so one way or the other, the sun, the moon, the stars are God's gifts, producing the pattern of, of different seasons in which we thrive and by which Israel was to mark out the year. And so Moses called these seasons something interesting in this passage. He calls them signs. He calls them signs. And since they are signs, they speak for God, not for fate, not for chance, not those other things, uh, but they speak for God. And the seasons rule only as a light bearer, not as power, but as something that's a witness of Jesus, well, something that's a witness of God. Uh, we see that in verses 16 and 18 there. But even the New Testament shows us that seasons are important testimony to God. If you look over in the book of Acts with me, you can see that where Luke recorded this. In Acts 14, verse 17, it says this, should be on the screen. It says, yet he, God, has not left himself without testimony. 
He has shown kindness by giving you rain from heaven and crops in their seasons. He provides you with plenty of food and fills your hearts with joy. Isn't it true? God has done those things for us. He set these things rolling and working in our lives, and He sustains them. And God has been someone who has left His imprint on creation. We can find the signs of God's design all around us in the days that we live, really. And sometimes I think in our postmodern world, sometimes after industrial things have come through and with all the electronics and things that we have around us, we get so noisy sometimes, we're so cluttered, that maybe we don't look back at the natural things that God has formed, and we look so much at the things that we have formed that we start losing track. And it's important for us to keep our focus on the Lord and what He has done. So before we go too far to day four in the seasons, we need to look back a little bit into day three and uh, pass the organization in order that God established to the power of the seed that God gave us. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 11 and 12, look with me there. He says this, Then God said, Let the land produce vegetation. Seed-bearing plants and trees on the land that bear fruit with seed in it, according to their various kinds. And it was so. The, the land produced vegetation, plants bearing seed according to their kinds, and trees bearing fruit with seed in, its, in, in it according to their, to their kinds. See, uh, well, see, that was back in the day three here. That's where we were at. We, that's where we were at. So here is where we see an example of the answer uh, for the age-old question. We get this uh, all the time. People hear this, especially I'm sure if you're in school, which came first, the chicken or the egg? But if you apply, uh, if you apply this to vegetation, God, God reveals that he was producing vegetation that produced seed. So he, that, he's saying there, hey, he made the plant, and within the plant, he produced seed. He started it, then he gave us the seed to be able to keep things going. And that was part of what he did. And so that, that it really is important for us. And later on in Genesis chapter 1, verse 29, it says this, Moses told us, he says, Then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth, and every tree that has fruit with seed in it, they will be yours for food. So, so we see here that uh, God gave us revelation. He gave us the atmosphere, you know, the sky, the vault of the atmosphere, the vault there, and He gave us the atmosphere, and then He gave us some structure but then he also gave us some dependable seasons to live in and to grow things in and uh, to uh, augment life. He was doing this for us. He formed everything so that we can grow and flourish. And now he gives mankind an assignment. He gives us a job to do. Uh, you're, you're, he said, you're going to increase we get it. One man plus one woman will bring forth a child and fill the whole earth. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 28, he says, God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. And that was Adam and Eve's, that was their responsibility. 
And God puts that opportunity in place for them to be able to multiply. And then God gave them every seed-bearing plant. And here's where we find the power of the seed. I'm sure that Adam is likely saying to himself, we have this huge need uh, to take care of this garden and keep the garden growing and flourishing. And God, all you give me are these little seeds. What is the deal with that? That's all I have is these little seeds. And in the garden, every fruit was found uh, in the garden with seed. And God gives us the seed. And in it, we have everything that we need in the seed that he's provided for us. God gives you the responsibility to plant the seed, but he, but he controls the season. He gives us the seed. He gives us the work. He gives us things to do, but he controls the season. Now, if you look at Ecclesiastes, uh, chapter 3, verse 1 and 2, it says there for you, it says, there's a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot. And he goes on from there, but God, God makes everything beautiful in his own time. And in due season, you will reap, right? He, he tells us in due season, we will reap and we can expect that. But you have to be willing to plant good seed in your garden to see uh, a good food on your dinner table, right? And I know for us nowadays, maybe we can go to, to the store. You can go to Dillon's or Walmart or, or one of the other stores and pick up your food, your produce, and all those things. But, but the facts are we still have to be willing to grow those things. Farmers have to grow that. So if you're going to plant carrot seed, you're going to pull up carrots later on in the season, right? Just the way it is. If, if you plant watermelon seed, you're going to eat watermelon this summer. Hey, that's okay, right? And so those are all important. It's the fruit of our labor. It's what we do, and we, and we have some return back. But God set the season so that your seed will grow and produce. But what we must work in the rhythm of his seasons. Jesus said, take my yoke upon you. He said, take my yoke upon you. One gardener prepares his garden, and he prepares the soil. He plants the right seed, and he ends up getting the right harvest out of that. This shows us the power of somebody taking responsibility in their lives. First, they have to plant the seed. Second, they have to water the seed. Third, they have to cultivate. They have to fertilize that, uh, that plant, and it ends up growing and growing well. And finally, they have to gather the harvest, which includes more seed to plant, which is interesting. How God, God set that up like that. In fact, Paul said it this way about our spiritual lives. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 6 and 7, he said, I planted the seed while Apollos watered it, but God has been making it grow. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. So we look to the Lord. He sets the seasons up. He's the one that makes things grow. You know, it's interesting because sometimes we get the idea, hey, we're the ones do it because of the things we do. Well, we can augment. We can try to help that thing grow, but we can't make it grow. 
You and I can prepare the soil and plant the seed, but we can't make the seed grow. Even, e even more so, we can't control the seasons. <clears throat> God is in control of those things, and every season has a purpose. Our, our work is tied to the season that we're in. And when you plant the seed, you do plant it. it uh, do you plant it in the right season when you plant the seed? And it's not just, not just about uh, these physical seeds that we're planting, but in life and in our spiritual walk, do we plant those seeds in the right season? If you plant in the right season, there will be an atmosphere to support the seed at the right time. Uh, you'll be, you'll, uh, you will become more re reproductive when, we, when you work in God's timing. We all are in different seasons in our lives, each one of us. You may be in the springtime in your faith, having just come to start trusting the Lord in your life or come back to the Lord. So you're just now planting some spiritual seed in your life, but you can't see things growing yet. You're just early stages spring, but just be patient because it will grow, right? It will grow as you trust. You may be in a personal time of harvest where you may be reaping some good things in your life while you've been living out your faith. Maybe a neighbor has finally come to faith because of your witness and because of interaction with them. Churches even go through seasons as well. Look, we, our, this church has been around for about 98 years. We'll be at 22 and, and the year 20, that's weird to say, year 2022, it'll be 100 years for us. And so in that, I can only imagine the different seasons that the church has went through. I know there's been many different ones. The tough times in the early 20s getting going, but excitement of revival of those things breaking loose and seeing God work. And, and then times of pain. There have been times of pain throughout the years. And, and that's just the way life is. And then times of addition, new campuses and those things, winter times when things seem gray. But after the winter comes spring when the work of planting restarts. That's just the way seasons are. And it's, it, if, uh, if it's in your spiritual life or in the life of the overall church, we see that that's the way seasons are in our lives. Uh, just a minute ago, I talked about the gardener that plants uh, the right, he preps the soil, plants the right seed, and he gets the right harvest. But now there's another gardener who prepares the soil and plants random seed without care of what he plants. He just plants or he plants a really cheap seed that they, they leave a, a large percentage of weeds in it. And so what, what he harvests is a moderate harvest with a lot of weeds in there. And what does he get? Well, that's what he gets. Instead of a clean harvest of wheat or oats, his, maybe his harvest contains worthless Johnson grass, or maybe it, maybe, it, uh, maybe it has a giant ragweed. Nobody likes ragweed, right? We know that from when the season comes. That stuff is a mess, and it can get in wheat. And the wheat harvest, those two things are they're what we consider in the state of Kansas noxious weed. They're, 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 not, they're not supposed to be there. Pardon my farming side. But anyway, uh, we understand that, that that's not good stuff, and we don't want that in our, in our harvest because that means less grain production. For us as followers of Jesus, when the weeds get in our life, when those spiritual weeds that pull us down, it, it reduces our production and what God has intended for us. And that's, that's why we have to work in those things and try to, a protect from those kind of things happening. The Apostle Paul said it this way in Galatians chapter 6. 
verses 8 and 9. On the screen it says this, Whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. And that's the chief thing, is that's why we encourage one another while, while it's still day. Uh, you have to live out your life every day and look to plant or sow things in your life and in the lives of others that please the Spirit of God. We all have opportunities to plant and to sow. We all have that opportunity. And the question we have to ask ourselves, what am I planting? What are you planting? What are you planting around yourself? Is what you're planting uh, or sowing, uh, is it only to the flesh or the natural man? Or are you planting things that please God and that bless God and help others? That is something that we have to ask ourselves as we, we look to the Lord in, in this morning. What, what are we planting today? We need to stay in step with the Spirit of God in our lives. You may need to recognize what season of life you're in so that you can, so that you can follow well. And I don't necessarily just mean on the age bracket season. I don't mean that, but, you know, we roll through different seasons in our lives throughout our lives, and things change different times and things happen. And, and so when we're in those seasons, recognize what they are and allow the Lord to help us in them. Jesus told us over in Matthew chapter 11, verse 29 and 30, he says it, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. First, we need to ask, what, what in the world is a yoke? And most of us know, of course, uh, in simple words, it's a big stick that you put across the necks of two horses or ox, and they're side by side. You put that stick across from one to the other as they're oh, standing side by side. Then you, then you uh, tie them, their neck to, the, to that stick, so to speak, or put a harness on them. And uh, then you tie in between them to that, that main yoke. You tie the load to that. And those animals, they, they pull that thing. And so they're yoked together. They're working together in that situation. And for like horses, you can do that with draft horses. It's interesting the amount of weight they can pull as an individual compared to as a, as a team there. It, the, hopefully the, the goal is to uh, pull evenly, right? And pull at the same timing. Two draft horses pulling together can pull three times as much as one. Not two times, but three times as much as one. Two draft horses that can each pull 8,000 pounds, that's a big horse, uh, can by themselves can pull 24,000 pounds working together. Not 16,000, not doubling, 24,000 pounds. So walk in the rhythm with the Lord. Take on the Lord's yoke. Remember, He provides the season for us to live and to work, and then He gives us seeds to be able to plant and to sow in our lives and others' lives. Be willing to serve Him and learn from the season that you're in. I think for a lot of us, we run through certain seasons in our lives, and we go through tests in our, in our walk as we serve the Lord, and maybe we kind of fail that test, right? That test will come back around at another time. 
seasons roll through again. They come through. And maybe sometimes people think, well, I passed the test, so that season won't come back through again. That's not necessarily the case. We may pass the test, but then that season comes around again, and we're challenged again. And the Lord is always helping us to grow. You should be taking the Lord's yoke on you. He even says you will find rest for your souls. If you're weary as you walk with the Lord, you may ask yourself a few questions to see why. Uh, the first one is, is I, am I pulling against the yoke? If that's the case, it may be you aren't working with Jesus. Maybe you're doing the, your own thing. You decide to go your own direction. It may be you're trying to go faster than Jesus. He may be saying, hey, uh, you want this done now, but I want to wait on this. I want to do this later. I want you to do this later. Maybe you need to take some seed and replant. Last, last year, that happened with a lot of farmers. There was so much rain. It wasn't in every area, but there was so much rain that it actually rotted the seed in the ground. And so a lot of them had to come back through and plant again. And it may be that you shared Christ with your neighbor. Maybe either you watered it too much or somebody else watered it too much. They got a little confused. It rotted the seed. And now you need to replant. Maybe you need to witness to them again. Maybe you need to talk to them again. Maybe, maybe minister to them again and share hope with them. So we, we all have to be willing to replant. Relax and enjoy your fellowship with the Lord and enjoy the yoke that you have. Yoke isn't, mean to, may, isn't meant to be bad. A yoke can be a good thing because then you're not on your own. You're serving with the Lord, working with you. If you're wearing the yoke, you may ask this question, am I being led by the Lord into something that I am just flat scared of? You're just scared of. You're afraid of going that direction. So... You, you could be trying to go around what you see in front of you. I don't want to go that direction. I know that's what the Lord is saying, but I don't want to go that way. The truth is, is that we can get weary because we have the brakes on. You know what happens if you run a vehicle with the brakes on, go, go to the mountains and you find out real fast, right? And you see cars or tr big trucks, and the, if they're riding the brakes, those brakes get hot, it burns the brakes up, uh, and I've seen them to where the metal is red, and so that it just destroys the brakes, so when you need to use the brakes, you can't use them anymore. They're ruined. So are we, are we pushing on the brakes and holding back? And so as we, we need to be willing to learn to enjoy the process God takes us through. As we walk into what God leads us into, He's changing us into what He wants us to be. Uh, growing faith to faith. Hebrews tells us this. Hebrews 6.12, it says, We do not want you to become lazy, but to Im uh, imitate those who, through faith and patience, Inherit what God, what has been promised. What's been promised? We have four seasons that God's created. We want to consider them in a spiritual sense. We're going to run through these here quickly. But just remember that God controls the season. We need to participate in the season that we're in. The first one is spring. Spring is, is like a time of revival as well. In the spiritual side of things, everything warms up. It all comes to life. A lot of people are being saved every week. People are filling the front rows. We got some. <laughs> and so, but, but things are, are really moving. And, and then you ask, what, so what did we do different? 
something begins to shift in the atmosphere and the stuff that was dormant comes back to life. The reason the rose bush is living isn't because you prophesy, but it's because it's spring. And God's saying, okay, now is the time for this. If you prophesy, it's probably because it's according to his spirit wills. The other side, it is spring revival. Everything can grow and the weeds can grow in the spring too, right? That's just the reality. The goal isn't uh, even the flower itself. It's the fruit with the seed in it. And often uh, we love the spring more than the harvest, and that, that's supposed to follow after that. And then comes the next season. And you come, you come to summer, which is the early harvest, right? The early wheat harvest. And you, uh, you see it has to be hot enough to produce a good harvest. Uh, and even when the corn is growing in the summer, it, it needs, when it's 90 degrees, my dad used to tell me if it was about 90 degrees, he would stop us and we were trying, and he would say, do you guys hear that? And we're like, what? No, we don't hear anything. He said, that's corn growing. I'm like, okay, Dad, whatever, Dad, that's fine. But it's because it was the temperature and it was hot, and then sometimes when it was hot enough and there was enough moisture, you could actually see the difference of the corn from one day to the next. It's just a reality. It's about seasons. It's about, it's about timing, and sometimes it's that, that way for us. And in John chapter 4, verses 30, 34 and 35, Jesus said this. He says, my food... Uh, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Don't you have a saying? It's still four months until harvest. I tell you, open your eyes and look to the fields. They are ripe for harvest. And I like the way the King James says it there. It says they are white already to harvest. If you know anything about wheat, if it's white, it's not only ripe, but it is overripe. I remember I've combined wheat myself in the farm when I, when I grew up and we did that. If you let it go to where it's really white, what's going to happen is that that grain is going to fall out of the head. It's going to fall on the ground when you hit it with the combine. And so you don't want to lose that. And so white into harvest is a significant saying there. It's not just ripe. It's really on the cusp of falling out of the head. So you've got to get it. and You've got to take care of it. There's no time to waste at the harvest time. You have to have two tractors at that point because if one breaks down, you just need to set that one over to the side and leave it alone and use the other tractor that you had so that you can keep going. You can't stop. If you knew the seasons that you were in, you would have stopped and you would have done all your major repairs on your tractors in the winter so that when spring came, they were ready to roll. And then the only thing you have to do at that point is maintenance. You won't always be able to stay in the harvest, right, in life. The American church seems to be in a season, maybe something like Elijah, when he was building the altar to the Lord. Everyone else was worshiping the Baals, and, but, but Elijah was speaking the truth to an unexpecting world. Not, not every church or individual may be in the same exact season, but just remember the season will change, and then... We move to this next season, the fall season. After the late harvest, it's a time of pruning. The show and the the pretty and the beautiful goes away. The leaves fall off. The trees and the bushes, they fall off, and they either blow away or we burn them or something like that. And and then the sucker limbs have to be cut off that were left throughout the summer. And 
now you're yet now you're in the fall season you have to prune off each limb that needs to be removed if there's a the late the late harvest you take care of that and now you're going back and dealing with all these things in the late fall i went and took the chainsaw and and trimmed our trees up took three loads of pickup truck loads of stuff from uh, from our house uh, from all the branches and limbs and i'm thankful i did because then later on we got a quarter inch of ice here a few weeks back right well, there were limbs down everywhere. But if I wouldn't have done that, it would have pulled the power lines off the house because they were just that close. I had had trimmed. I knew the season I was in when it came to that, and I had to take care of that. And that's the way it is for us in the spiritual life as well. Know your season and what you need to do. When you're in the fall season of the church, we had to pull out the Word of God and clean up the mass from the harvest. And when you prune, there, there is better growth in the spring, right? We do that, and it's, we're going to see some better results. Even though you may alike fall, the winter comes next. You don't control the season of life. God does. You and I need to, be stay, we need to stay yoked to Him. If we're in the fall or the winter as a church, let's be prepared for the next season of our lives. In the winter season... In the winter, the grass and the trees go dormant. They're not dead. In fact, it may seem that everything's dead, but there, there is life under the surface. Uh, but the roots, the roots grow in the winter if the soil is still the right temperature. They still do that. And the roots don't grow as much in the spring, but in the winter, the, there's a little bit of uh, disparity there. But the winter is a time for learning. As you walk with the Lord, and if you're in the winter season, don't see it as a time of loss. This is preparation for where we are going. It is preparation in our lives. Learn to walk in His rhythm, even for us here at the Boulevard campus. As we wrap this up this morning, you don't get to choose the season that you're in as an individual or as a church body. God gives us the responsibility to plant the seed, but He controls the season. We are all in different seasons in our lives, each and every one of us. We all have different seasons, and you may be in the springtime in your faith. You're not seeing that things grow yet, but it must be early spring. It will grow, right? That's why we keep planting. That's why we keep uh, cultivating. We fertilize. We do all those things that we got to do. We stay together. We get in the Word of God, allow the Word of God to work in our lives. We encourage one another while it's still day. You, you may be in the fall season in your life, and the Lord is pruning some things out of your lives. No matter what the season is, be willing to let the Lord work in your life. No matter the season. Just like the chiefs, they have a season, right? <laughs> yeah, they've got to take advantage of the season that they're in and do what, what's necessary for them. But for us, even more so, you know, th those things will pass away. Uh, we hope they do well, but for us, as followers of Jesus, the season we're in, hey, it matters. Let, let's keep growing. Let's keep pruning. Let's keep following. Let's stay yoked to the Lord.